This is Paz I Am Radio with your host, Robert Brining and Brady Dale Morris, sharing positive stories from across the United States and around the world. To join the conversation, call 929-477-3572. That's 929-477-3572. Each week, we'll also bring you our exclusive HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins. This is your weekly dose of hope. Pause I Am Radio. Now here's Robert and Brady. There you have it. Welcome, everybody, to Pause Iron Radio. It's so good to be back. Hey, Brady. Hey, Robert. It is great to be back. I'm so excited for today's show. It has been an amazing week for us, and I am. it may be, like, all dreary and rainy and overcast in Nashville, but there is nothing but sunshine going on in my living room right now. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, here in Philly, we're preparing for some rain and some some major, well, not major snow, but three to six inches, so it's it's enough uh, to, to be a hot mess in the morning when I have to go to work. But, um, you know, I'm so excited that we get to sit down and do this, even though we kind of cut back the amount of uh, shows that we're doing. But just to kind of sit down and refocus on HIV, it kind of gives uh, the conversation, brings the conversation back to the forefront for me. Because sometimes, you know, I get so wrapped up in making bagels or doing whatever that I kind of forget. So, you know, having this, this time with you every week, you know, every week or every so often, it, 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 I love it. So thank you for doing this with me. Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm right there with you. I get so tangled up in all my daily life. Um, I haven't publicly talked about this on social media yet, but just this past week I found out um, through my blood work going in for my six-month checkup to check on my, my HIV that I am actually a pretty bad diabetic, and um, which explains a lot of fatigue that I have been having, some numbness in my feet, um, and so that's going to be a whole other news. That's where my mind has been, is, is on how I'm going to, to or, or live with both these chronic illnesses, um, but I, I'm excited to get to focus on HIV with you today and our guest, and speaking of our guest, Mr. Charles Sanchez, he is a great good friend of mine, but he is an openly gay, HIV-positive writer, performer, director, and art and activist living in New York City. Um, he is one of the co-founders of Skipping Boys Productions and conceived, writes, and stars in the award-winning HIV musical comedy web series, Merce. Um, his acting career has taken him from Lincoln Center and Off-Broadway to the Cincinnati Playhouse and the Park and Murray's Dinner Playhouse in good old Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, since being diagnosed with full-blown AIDS in 2003, oh, Let me take that back. Since being diagnosed with AIDS in 2003, he has added activists to his resume. Sanchez is a contributing editor to TheBody.com and has had essays published in PositivelyAware.com. Um, let's see. He is also included in the Healthline.com's list of HIV honors. Um, Robert, I'm getting feedback today. Are you hearing that? I am hearing that, actually, and I don't know where it's coming from. Hmm. <laughs> That's so funny. 
Is that better? I don't know. I think it might be something on your end. So um, let's go ahead and play the scoop, and I'm going to have you call back in and see if that clears it up. Sound good? All right. Sounds good. Okay, we're going to be right back with Charles. So, Charles, uh, stay there for one second. This is the all-new HIV Scoop with Josh Robbins, exclusively for Pause I Am Radio. This week's buzzworthy sexual health news in under two minutes. Here's Josh Robbins with this week's HIV Scoop. Well, hello, everyone. This is Josh Robbins with the exclusive Pause I Am HIV scoop. Well, a bit of surprising HIV news in Tennessee. Remember the City of Nashville Health Department when they accidentally placed the EHARS database. That's the database with every positive private health information uh, of somebody that has tested positive in the state of Tennessee since when records have been kept. Well, they placed that on a public employee server, potentially exposing thousands of people's HIV status, their sexuality, and whether they have been known to use illegal drugs. Anyway, all of that. Well, after a few advocates, including uh, myself and the Nashville superstar HIV advocate, Brady Dale Morris, raised hell about it with local media, the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights, Well, they investigated and they just made their final decision and sent me a three-page letter which I tweeted. Based on the findings, the OCR did not find any sufficient evidence to support any wrongdoing by Metro Health. And they find that Metro Health's Ryan White program is actually not covered under the purview of HIPAA. And OCR is closing this case. That's crazy. This is disgusting. It's a a terrible situation. And privacy was violated regardless of the result of the investigation. The gatekeepers of health information have a duty to protect our information, and they didn't. And that's wrong. If anything else develops, I will certainly keep you posted. All right, next, what about an HIV-positive cafe? Yep, you heard me right. A pop-up cafe run by people living with HIV and affected by HIV has launched for the first time in New Zealand today. 30 volunteers will serve customers at Cafe Plus, which will open at Auckland's Big Gay Out, which is part of the area's Pride event. A 2018 Colmer Brunton survey showed that 42% of New Zealanders were uncomfortable with someone with HIV preparing their food. So what's the best way to affect that stigma? Oh yeah, make every food worker be someone living with HIV and make sure the customer knows. Either shut up or eat or go hungry. Hungry, yeah. Congrats to New Zealand for taking the bite out of HIV stigma, literally. Do you, do you get that? Literally taking a bite out? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's so funny. Yeah, anyway, I'm Josh Robinson. This was your exclusive Pause I Am HIV Scoop. Robbins for the scoop. More information on that, go to omstilljosh.com. Brady, I think we got the sound issues good, right? Yes, I believe we do. 
All right, sounds good. So, yeah. again, uh, uh, you want to just, again, do a really quick briefness of over Charles again real quick? Um, yes. I'll just to make it short. Charles is an amazing advocate. Um, he does everything. He has his hands in everything. And I am honored and privileged to get to call him a friend. So let's welcome on Charles Sanchez. Am I here? Am I on? You are on, here. On, sorry. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, we can. We can. Oh, good. Here I am. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, Charles. How is it? I'm glad to be here. Today? Sorry? How is it in New York City today? It is cool and clear with a strong chance of snow a coming. That's what uh, they say. I'm in Philly, Charles. I feel you. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm I'm hunkered down. Like I am. I I went out this morning. Went to the gym, uh, and I got some herbs and spices. Some herbs. Someone corrected me this morning and said it's the herbs, like Martha Stewart. Um, so I'm gonna roast myself a chicken, and and Netflix and chill by myself. In the, you know, nice. Avoid the winter. <laughs> So Charles, let's tell, we start off with all of our guests. Tell us about um, the the day of your diagnosis and, and how you came to be diagnosed. Ooh, okay. Well, I was diagnosed November fourth of two thousand and three. Um, I was living in Little Rock, Arkansas. I um, I was one of those people who was working three jobs basically, and I had been brutally fired from uh, one of them just days before, and uh, I was sick with what I thought was a uh, a stubborn case of bronchitis. I'd had a couple different uh, rounds of antibiotics that um, didn't really work. And my roommate at the time uh, was worried about me, and she came home from lunch uh, for work, from work and to check on me and found me on the floor, blue from lack of oxygen. Wow. She carried me to her car and drove me to the emergency room, and I was intubated. And the next thing I remember... I woke up. It was three weeks later. My family was around me. My family is in Arizona, and they were all around me. And I was told that I had uh, pneumocystis pneumonia, thrush, histoplasmosis, all from advanced HIV AIDS. Uh, And I had no idea I was positive. So it was pretty scary. I, I had almost died. My T cell count at the time was four. My viral load was through the roof. It was pretty scary. Um, that had to be so scary. that was my diagnosis. Pardon? I said that had to be extremely scary. How did you How did you get through that that time? You said you were surrounded by by family. Um, yeah, it was really something else. Um, my family was amazing, and and my friends in Little Rock also kind of embraced my family. My poor family had never been to Arkansas and just, you know, they, they just showed up because I was there in the hospital and the community, especially the theater community, but my entire family community in Arkansas just embraced my family. And, and my, so my friends and my family really helped me get through that and really helped me learn that like, you know, HIV isn't a death sentence anymore. And, um, that I that I wasn't going to die and the worst was over and all I had to do I had a friend of mine who said all you have to do is do what the doctors tell you to take your medications and you're going to be fine and stop being a drama queen 
Um, <laughs> but it was. But a lot of people. It's interesting. A lot of people say. I was going to say. It's like they never met me at all. I was going to say, but you you followed all the information except for the drama queen part, huh? Well, that's my that's my chief talent. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, so then, what? How did you get from from good old Little Rock, Arkansas, with a, a culture shock when they arrived in in Arkansas? <laughs> uh, how did you wind up in New York City? Well, I I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and I moved to New York the first time when I was nineteen. I went to acting school, and uh, pursued a career um, for about eleven years. And then I moved to West Hollywood, California, and got in a lot of fun trouble there. And then I had a boyfriend who was saying all the right things, like an ex-boyfriend that I had known in New York who had moved to Little Rock. And he was saying all the right things to me on the phone. You know, we're like, we're meant to be together. We're soulmates. And I wanted to get out of L.A. So I, went, I, I moved to Little Rock. So this is a long way to get to the why I ended up back in New York. But after, uh, after I... Uh, was diagnosed and kind of got healthy and kind of got back on my feet in Arkansas. I I felt like I had some unfinished business in New York as an artist and that I wanted to um, figure out what that was. So, so I moved back to New York about 10 and a half years ago and I've been here, back here ever since. And what, awesome. what is it that you um, have been doing because you know we we know about Merce and but what is it that you've been doing when, since you started going to, like once you moved to New York? What was it that you were doing work wise then? Was it always acting and writing or? Uh, well, I, I I didn't know what the hell I was going to do when I moved back here. Actually, I I did a lot of this and that work. Um, for everything from I had a friend who uh, has a t-shirt company, so I was like selling t-shirts for him. Uh, I worked at nonprofits. I worked at a school in Harlem in communications and development. Um, so I did a lot of that. And then the past couple of years, uh, I've been writing for thebody.com, which is, you know, the most comprehensive HIV website out there. Uh, so I've been really uh, lucky to be writing uh, HIV content as a contributing editor for the last two years. That's incredible. We love the body over there. I used to block for them at one point. Um, just the whole team over there is just amazing. Uh, I mean, for them, they, I think one of my favorite parts, which is kind of so stupid, but at, at Christmas time they used to send out these little brownies. <laughs> I don't know if they still do it or, or what, but these brownies are amazing. <laughs> well, if, they, if they're still doing it, I'm off the list, and I'm going to have to write somebody a note. <laughs> <laughs> there, I think there were fairy tale brownies. There was the br- was the brand name, but they were amazing. Oh but, um, yes, they were, oh, someone's going to get enough for me. There. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them I told you though. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done oh, that. Are you kidding? So no, I'm. They <laughs> it's going to be a very stern, handwritten note. Oh yeah. So There's going to be a whole blog yes, yes, down yes. there. <laughs> Where's <laughs> right, my brownie? Right. <laughs> So were you always uh, funny? <laughs> I think that's it depends on the the beholder, you know what I'm saying? Um But like were you, like I, in I school think, were you always that funny kid, like the the clown, the the one who made the class no. laugh? I, I was more like the quiet kid when I was little. Um, it wasn't until I got a little bit older and I started doing theater that I realized I was funny and, and I don't even really knew that I knew that about myself. 
until uh, I moved to New York and I had a, an acting teacher who said to me, she goes, you're funny, like Jack Lemon. Or, or like, or like uh, uh, Jack Klugman, or like any, but not like them, but like them. You know what I mean? You're funny without trying to be funny. And and that's sort of the first time anybody officially kind of told me. And um, and then I sort of have just um, embraced it, and it's you know, and and I, it's one of the favorite things that I I can firmly say about myself is like I know that I'm funny. But it wasn't I think always it's something. Amazing. The sense of humor is the best thing. I think it's 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 the best thing. It's the most attractive thing. Is the sense of humor. Somebody who can make you laugh. You know what I mean. And mm-hmm. I think you have that down pat. It's 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 awesome. I mean, I watched some of your your series and, and some of the things. And the the, the the comedy is just I'm laughing. The, the 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 back and forth with with your mother on the computer it cracks me up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, actually, too, I think that my sense of humor comes from my family. Uh, we're all pretty funny. And um, my mother, my father, I have two brothers and a sister, and we're all funny. And uh, as we get together, there's a whole lot of laughter. So that just comes with, that's just genetic, you know. And, you know, I was just going to say, having spent a lot of time around you, Charles, I can also confirm as to how funny (laughs) you are. Um, It always keeps you laughing. But, um, and it also, like like Robert was saying, it really comes through in your series, Merce. Can you how did how did that how did that how did you develop and how did that Merce come to be? Well, uh, the original concept for Merce was just that a friend of mine was a photographer and he'd asked me to write some sketches that he could film, and I wrote these sketches and then he went and fell in love and so he fell off the radar. So, but I had these sketches. So my friend Tyne Furman, who's my co-producer, he and I did two seasons of this really ghetto, low-budget series called Manhattan Man Travels, which which was like Tyne and a flip camera, and our only budget was what we felt like eating. Like, it was really low budget. And we decided when we were getting ready to do a third season that let's, like, really do it. Let's, like, really try to make it something. And I wanted to put HIV at the forefront. It felt like every time I see a movie or a television show with HIV in the storyline, that there's always, it's always sad. It's always a a drama. It's always tragic. And either it's a history lesson about the eighties and nineties, which is valid, or, or it's even now like that poor sucker, you know, he, he and and the and the character's always shame filled and 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 I thought that's not my experience, and most of the people that I know that are living with HIV are not sad, are not you know sad sacks, and and are and are pretty happy people and have learned to find a way to find love and happiness and joy in their lives, and so I wanted to have that have a series that that showed that side of it, and as we were developing it. And and as I was writing, you know, the the, the first season of what eventually became Merce, we decided to make it a musical, and let's really go opposite of what people think of when they think of HIV. So it's campy, it's silly, it's funny. My co-producer Tyne, he and I have been friends for thirty years, and he plays my mother in drag. Um, and we just thought, like, let's just really show a different side of HIV. Um, so that's what our that's what the idea was. I love it. And for our listeners again, where can they find that series? 
Well, we are on Vimeo and YouTube, but our, our website is probably the best place to find it. It's um, com. And right now we've got uh, season one is all there, uh, eight episodes, and they're all about eight, nine minutes long. We've also got a couple of previews for season two, which is going to be coming out in a couple of months. Awesome, awesome. And, and like you said, you know, one of the best ways to even confront um, a chronic condition, especially like HIV, is with humor, and you do it masterfully. And, and well, not only you. that – but let's also, I also want to point, um, you're also a very talented writer. Um, oh, and thank you. You've written uh, some great pieces for thebody.com. What would you say is, is probably one of your favorite, favorite pieces that you have written? Um, gosh, uh, I, I wrote some, um, well, I mean, just the first, the most recent thing I put out was an interview with Jeffrey Marsh, who's a non-binary uh, social media sensation, and uh, it was a wonderful interview. Uh, Jeffrey goes by the, uses the pronouns they them there, and so they're a really terrific, positive role model, and, and I just loved interviewing them. So that's on the forefront of my mind. But also, I wrote about my experience uh, one time with um, having to get a hip replacement. I've had actually both of my hips replaced. And oh, wow. um, due to HIV, avascular necrosis, that was because of HIV. And they're not sure if people are getting avascular necrosis because of medications or because of um, somehow that, that the HIV is manifesting itself in this way and starting to affect bones. Um, and not everybody who has HIV gets avascular necrosis, so it's a quandary, but, but people do. And when I wrote about it, I was really, I was contacted by a lot of people telling me like, oh my gosh, me too. Thank you so much for writing about this because I thought it was just me. And, and so that was really, and, and those kinds of um, people that contact me about something that I wrote, that's the reason to do it, right? It's, it's to be able to help people and, and to be able to tell my story and um, and therefore let other people say that, yeah, I'm not alone. Uh, and then also, too, I mean, one of the reasons for, for writing is to outdo Mark King, right? Absolutely. I think he's listening. That bitch. Mark King is one of my... <laughs> Mark King is one of my favorite people. He is one of my best Mine friends. Too. We speak almost every day. So, uh, so, so my insults are all with love. Sarcasm <laughs> is our language of love. The banter is actually the banter between you two gives me life. It really gives me life. I love it. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Marcus, Marcus, somebody who's been on this show. I think one of our most returning guests. You know what I mean? He's been on here. He's well, co-hosted with me a few times. He's he's amazingly funny. I love that man. Next time you see him, well, you know, he'll, the photos he'll do it in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, our, well, he'll do anything to he'll do anything to get on camera, put a microphone in front of his face. He, he'll yeah. be totally <laughs> please. I love that. And and the point um, right now in our chat room, Rick Glasco, uh, one of the managing editors at um, Positively Aware Magazine, just said that Mark S. King is my spirit animal, and I think we can all attest to that. We all do that part. <laughs> 
Oh, he is not mine. A chinchilla <laughs> is mine. Um. <laughs> so, so Charles Bunn has been one of but, the hardest pieces for you to have written so far for, for uh, the body. Or any piece that you've written. Well, I think uh, it's writing is difficult. It's not an easy thing. I'm not one of those people who uh, – just things come tripping, trippingly off my tongue or out my, you know, fingers, and and right. uh, I think Dorothy Parker once said, you know, writing is the art of putting the butt in the seat, and uh, something like that, and and that's how I feel. Like it, that's the challenge is just sitting down and doing it for the most part. But um, I have, um, I think it's easy to it's it can be easy to write my own story or or to tell my own. Um, truths um so so those kinds of personal essays aren't very like difficult what's difficult is when i uh is doing an interview and really wanting to make sure that i am letting the other person shine and really showing what the what the whoever i'm interviewing is that their that their story and and their um uh, truths are, are being told, whether that's, um, you know, I got to interview uh, the producer and the screenwriter for the uh, Versace um, yes. series that was done last year with Darren Chris, And that was really an amazing uh, interview. As, and um, I also got to interview Moises Kaufman this last year, who's who directed uh, Torch Song on Broadway. So I've gotten to do wow. some really amazing interviews, but it's just really that's a challenge is to not interject myself and to let them just have their light, you know. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. So listen, we're gonna take a quick break here and play a positive message from Rise Up to HIV and Kevin Maloney, and we will be right back with Charles Sanchez. Hi everyone, my name is Robbie and I am from Dublin in Ireland. So basically my story starts off in 2012. I was 21 when I was given my HIV diagnosis. Back then I knew like no one living with HIV. I didn't even know HIV existed in Ireland. So you can imagine the shock of that diagnosis. Was I the only 21 year old man in Ireland living with HIV? And at the beginning I felt so low. I felt I had no confidence, nothing. I felt I was dirty, unclean, polluted. And I also allowed others to think that of me. I think when you first get a HIV diagnosis, you think you deserve these thoughts, but you don't. And after a few months of living with HIV, I was like, hey, listen, I'm not a bad person. I'm not dirty or unclean. Why am I allowing these thoughts? And why am I allowing others to think of them of me? So I wanted to go back to normality. So what I done was I created a new normal. And that was basically bringing the pre-HIV diagnosis, born, carefree, confident Robbie, and this new Robbie who has this amazing life perspective, thanks to HIV, and put them together into a self. And this new self basically said, I will never ever allow myself to be treated or seen as less, because I'm not. No one lived with HIV is. So my positive message to you all is, HIV for me was an opportunity to say, my life is now a blank canvas. I'm the painter of this blank canvas, and I'm going to make my life what I want it to be. And I haven't looked back, and I've never been happier. I think you can do it too, because life's too short otherwise. Let's do it. Best luck.
There you have it. Thank you from Robbie and uh, Kevin Maloney from Rise Up to HIV for this week's positive message. Um, I love it. Uh, your life is a blank canvas. I am the painter. You know, it, it's it's awesome. Awesome words of encouragement there from Robbie. Um, so speaking that, of that uh, accent, a little, sorry, that accent made my heart go pit a pat. <laughs> Monty. Yeah. Right? Very, very Come good. on. Yeah, he Jesus. definitely has an accent. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, the one thing he talked about was never treating or seeing yourself as less. Um, Charles, mm-hmm. what do you do for self-care? Because you're so busy doing everything. Um, I, I can't imagine. What, what do you do to unwind? Well, well, one of the things that is really important to me is I am a, I am a, I believe in working out. I believe in exercise. I, uh, I'm not a person, I've been fat, I've been thin, I am uh, like always up and down on the scale as far as that goes. I'm not like a gym bunny or anything like that. Um, but I, I always, one of the things actually when I got diagnosed, my doctor said, you know, exercise is one of the best things for you. It helps, every, it helps the medications work better, it helps your blood get pumping, it just is one of the best things for you. So I just have always been that. And that helps me with stress, it helps me you know, feel better about myself. Some days when I don't, um, you know, and I feel like a slug or I feel awful, if I went to the gym, at least I feel like I did something for myself that day. I also, I pray and I meditate. Um, and my meditation is is not very, like, um, I don't have a little gong, you know. So you have some people like <laughs> have a little gong and they have like a weird thing. I don't have that. I, I basically will go on YouTube and find some, like, I always say short meditation. That's what I put in the search engine. So I find, like, a five- to ten-minute meditation, some dude who's, like, taking me down a garden path and telling me positive things about myself. And I just close my eyes and listen to that dude and breathe, and that's my meditation. But it really helps just to take some time to, like, stop and listen and um, not be working or active. Those are the things that I do and I like to eat. Eating is helpful. You know, you talk about meditation, and you're in New York. Have you ever attended the, the, the Brotherhood retreats? I have. I went last year, actually, for the first time. Oh, okay. I went two years ago for the first time. So how did you, how did you like it? Because meditation was hard for me. And, and some of that, those sessions were very long meditating. Yeah. It was tough. How did you deal with that? <laughs> It, it it's hard. It, it was challenging. It was uh, also exhausting. I, uh, you know, after the third day, by Sunday morning, I remember looking at my friend and going, like, I'm not sure how much more of this I can take. Because it is a yeah. lot of introspection and a lot of um, not doing things that you're used to doing. You know, that, that yeah. kind of introspection, sharing those your deepest thoughts and feelings with people who are relative strangers. Um, exactly. It was it was difficult. It was challenging, but that's kind of the point, right? Like to to be out of your norm and to yeah. um, experience something else and try something new and um, yeah. So so it, it wasn't an easy weekend for me. Um, no, yeah, but it, it was wasn't easy for me. Valuable by far. <laughs> did you um did right. you well, go on there? Yes, Juan was there, but he was not one of the um um. Leaders. He was there as a yeah. He was not one of the facilitators. He was there as okay. a participant. But he did do before the workshop started. We did some breathing work with him, 
a few of us yeah. did, and that was really amazing. Yeah, he did well, that with us there as one of the facilitators. It was awesome. I'm sorry, 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 Brady. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine, Robert. I, I was just going to say, speaking of doing something different and outside the box, Charles, um, it looks Uh-oh. like you are going to be joining part of the Healthy Voices family come April. I am. I'm Yay. so excited about that. Oh, um, yeah. I, I this is this is the second time I've uh, applied, and you know, the first time I was brutally rebuffed. <laughs> and um, so I was really thrilled this year that they uh, haven't, you know, asked uh, that I got accepted. So, well, how did you first hear about Healthy Voices? Oh gosh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure how I first heard about it. Uh, I'm not sure if it, if it was emailed to me or if I just saw it on social media, uh, or or that someone else had sent me like you should go to this. And um, but it sounded like something as I'm trying to expand uh, my network of, you know, people doing this kind of advocacy work and uh, wanting new experiences and to learn different things. It seemed like something that would be really helpful to me. And so I'm, I'm really excited to get to go, even though it's in Texas. Awesome. Well, um, <laughs> I, I, I think um, I would love to point out that, you know, you're a great example for, for any of our listeners who have applied for Healthy Voices and, and were not accepted, that if you keep applying and keep trying, uh, your time will come. So um, I wanna, I'm curious now, um, Charles, before we go on, um, how has your diagnosis and how has living with HIV changed you as a person? Oh, it's, I think HIV is a really good teacher. Um, it's taught me to like put my health first in a lot of like I, there are a lot of things that I won't um, go without, you know, number one being my medication. Like I am, I am a very compliant patient. Uh, I also believe in, in like going to the doctor when I have a, a need to go to the doctor. I'm not one of those people who's brave. You know, like, oh, I've got this pain. I'll just suffer through, and maybe it'll get better tomorrow. Not me. Oh, no, no, no. I'm the first one to get on the phone and call my doctor and find out what, what's up. So I think that that sort of level, basic level of taking care of myself was something that I really didn't do before I got sick, before I got diagnosed. I never went right. I hardly ever went to the doctor. I mean, I didn't know I was positive when I was diagnosed. And and so just that, which seems kind of basic and and um, obvious, is one of the first things. But what's wonderful, what's been one a wonderful gift, especially in the past few years that I've been more active as an advocate, is that my network of friends and of just people in my life has expanded, and the types of people like I never had trans friends before. Um, and I wouldn't have, I just wouldn't necessarily, um, but now I do. And I just love that. And I love how it's just changed the compassion in my heart to, for other people. And I, I, I'm really happy about that. I think that's, you know, something I'm really glad of. Awesome. Um, well, uh, let someone go to find out more information about you or to see what other projects you're working on. Well, um, you can go. There's there's a lot of information about me on my on the Merce website, so that's you know MerceTheSeries.com. You can also, if you go on to TheBody.com and uh, type in my name, you'll get a list of all the articles I've written for them. 
uh, and that has a nice uh, – so that includes, uh, like, personal essays as well as interviews and um, other newsy kinds of articles that I've written, and that will give you a lot of information about me. Are there any other websites or any other uh, publications that you've done where people could go and read more that you've done? Not really. Um, um, I've, I've written okay. – I wrote uh, – yeah, not really. Those are the big – those are the biggies. I mean – I don't, there are certain things I don't, a girl doesn't like to talk about anymore. So uh, there are certain things I'm not going to point out. I gotcha. No, <laughs> we are. Yeah. Real, quick, <laughs> real quick, Charles, let me ask you this. Um, what was it like? I just saw that you were recently featured on the cover of Pause Magazine. What was it like to be featured on? Oh, right. It, it was unreal. It was, it was really delightful and wonderful. It was such a surprise when they asked me. Um, I have... Um, um, Pauses has featured Merce several times in several different ways, like uh, Mark S. King and Sean Decker were the first ones to write about Merce before the first season even came out when we were still fundraising on the on the website. And then they wrote the Pause magazine has written about Merce several times. And then uh, you know Oriol, the uh, Oriol Gutierrez, the uh, editor, had a, sent me an email and asked me uh, said they wanted to feature me. And um, as well as, you know, put me on the cover and I, it was thrilling and, um, and still kind of unbelievable to me. Um, but but Oriole, it isn't that, my first cover. It isn't my first no? cover. I was also on the cover of Positively Aware in December Ooh. of 2017. Yes. Oh, yes. I am just a big star. I am a big star. <laughs> I love that. that is amazing. That's, that's awesome. You know, congratulations on everything with the series. Thank you. When does Thank the you. second um, the second season starts? When? Uh, we don't have a, a, direct, a definitive launch date. We're right now just saying spring, so probably May or June. We're in the final right, so we'll um, stages of editing and putting uh, scoring on it, so it's almost done. And once it's done, then we'll launch it and promote it, and uh, hopefully people will watch it and love it. There you go. Well, so we're going to tell everybody to follow it, the show on Twitter, right? It's Merce the Ser- at Merce the Series. Merce the Series. At Merce the Series, as well as Facebook at Merce the Series. We're on Instagram at Merce the Series. Um, there you go. And, you know, so, it's, yeah, so you, can find us, you can find us anywhere. And that'll give well, you Charles, updates. That's amazing. With you living in New York City, are you, um, are you doing anything special this year for World Pride and New York City Pride and the 50th anniversary of Stonewall? Well, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not. I mean, I'm not doing anything specific by myself. Like, uh, I'm not doing a Charles Parade or anything. Um, <laughs> Merce is hoping that we can. Uh, we want to have some merchandise giveaways uh, around Pride. And I, uh, I don't know if you guys know Peter Positif. He's from um, Amsterdam. And he, I interviewed him a few like last year, year before for the body. And uh, he's a I call him the muscles from Brussels. He's <laughs> my age. He's probably like fifty, and he's this bodybuilder, HIV positive bodybuilder. And um, and he's written a book, and he's really lovely and amazing. And he's going to be in New York for Pride. Okay. So he's already contacted right. me and said, whatever happens, we have to get together. And I also nice. know that well, Impact, the HIV uh, social group, is going to be doing some events around Pride that everyone will probably be a part of. Well, and you also do have a really good friend who's getting married the day before the Pride. Uh, oh, geez. Were you begging for, like, a plug? 
Oh, yes, I'm going to go to some wedding, some redneck wedding. I'm going to have to, like, make some barbecue and trudge it out there with my crock pot to celebrate Brady getting married. <laughs> A redneck wedding in Central Park. I can't wait. Oh, absolutely. I think of, now that I think of it, like, oh, my gosh, that would be so funny. Like, I'll make a bunt cake, and <laughs> I'll make some barbecue pork in my crock pot, make some collard greens, some cornbread. I love it. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. And I live in Queens, so that would be a trek for me to bring all that food <laughs> to Central Park in a cab. I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you there, but I will be seeing you, um, as we mentioned before, at Healthy Voices uh, before yeah, then. Um, and we had a question on our chat room as to, you know, what is Healthy Voices? Uh, just to kind of give a quick overview. Healthy Voices is a patient or a, a empowerment type conference that brings people from all kinds of health conditions together for us to be able to um, – no matter what our chronic condition, we can see what we share in common, and it's it's a great way to not only learn more about yourself during that conference, but you also get to learn more about other chronic conditions that um, other people are living with, and you learn not from them how to integrate some of their self-care um, and things like that into your own life. And it's it, as Charles had mentioned earlier, too, it's just a great way to expand your network and to become more empathetic. To, to what we as, as human beings live with from day to day. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's all superstar advocates from across health conditions who really are putting their stories okay. and their faces out there to change the world. And I'm excited that Charles is going to be a part of it, and we're going to get to meet him this yep. year. So, woohoo! Yep. Oh, and that Mark S. King is going to be there, too. Oh, darn. Oh. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can film a video. That'll be fun. Yes, indeed. There will be several <laughs> opportunities for that sort of thing, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, then, Charles, we've only got about two and a half minutes left. Um, and one thing we always like to close out our show with, um, what would you tell your younger self um, before you were diagnosed? Uh, um, what would you tell yourself, your younger self today? Oh, gosh. I guess I'd just say, like, honey, it's going to be okay. It's really going to be okay. And you're going to be able to feel good about yourself and and do some creative work that you love and meet some incredible people. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, and I just said that real gentle. That was my gentle voice I used to my younger self. Hey, gentle. (laughs) I, I can hey, see girls yourself patting okay. yourself on the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. <laughs> I really didn't think things were going to be okay when I was younger. I, you know, if you think I'm a drama queen now, oh, honey. <laughs> yes. That's funny. I mean, yeah, farm, I was not really a drama queen, but well, I don't know. My mother might have something different to say to that, but um, – if you were singing show tunes in the barn, honey, you were a drama queen. I was singing them to myself. I was not singing them out loud. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it would have scared the cows I'm, and everything I'm, else. I'm picturing you 
like bang, with bales of hay singing, I'm just a girl who can't say no. <laughs> oh, too funny. Too funny. <laughs> Charles, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. It is always, Thanks always. Thank you guys for having me. What a privilege. Um, and Thanks I cannot wait to see you in April. And then, um, oh, real quick, are you, are you going to be attending AIDS Watch this year? I'm not sure. I think so, but I'm not sure. I don't right, have definite plans yet, but I really want to. Yes. Gotcha. <coughs> well, all right. Well, we are down to our last 30 seconds, and I just want to thank you again, Charles, and, and just tell you how much fun it is, or how, and thank you for all the advocacy work that you do. Thank you so much. And listeners, MerceTheSeries.com. There you have it. Thanks, Charles. Have a great day. Can't wait to see you at Healthy Voices. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Pause I Am Radio, your dose of hope. Connect with the show at pauseiamradio.com or on social media. And we'll see you next time.